My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Nail. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Belcho spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Belcho spirit. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to The Back Pocket, the only podcast that plays their home games at home, their away games away. My name is Alistair and I'm joined as always by Jack. How are you doing? It must be a luxury to do that, mustn't it? Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I mean you play your home, like if your home games are being at home and your away games is working, you do everything at home. You're like an MCG tenant, basically. Yeah. Um, you play most games at home, uh, even if it is working. So, hmm. um, I'm so confused debate. by the analogy. Me too, sorry. Uh, there um, is no away game for me. No away game. <laughs> don't have an office. <laughs> um, you're the buy round. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a silly uh, conversation that keeps happening. Um, mm. Because it's, ne- it's not had about GWS or no. like, for example, Port Adelaide playing Collingwood next week, which is going to be, it would be a sellout at the MCG if it was mm-hmm. there. Like, um, if those teams wanted to keep their old suburban home grounds, they could have done that instead mm. of selling their home games to the MCG for money from the AFL in the 90s. Unpopular opinion. Uh, unless it is something that is guaranteed going to get 80,000, everyone should play Geelong at Geelong if it's Geelong's home game. I don't care yep. if it's Collingwood. I don't care if it's Hawthorne. I don't care if it's Carlton. I yeah, don't care if it's Essendon. I, I saw a Collingwood supporter on, on Twitter yesterday basically saying that like as a Collingwood supporter, they think they should play their home games, like their away games in Geelong yeah. because it's Geelong's home ground. I, I still don't think it's enough, but I think 50,000 capacity... Collingwood plays there. The, the funniest part is Bill being like, well, they told the AFL it would be finished, and it's like, so it's their fault the Steel didn't arrive? Like, <laughs> It would be if the Steel uh, had got there. It's almost like there's been unprecedented yeah, situations great. happening for the like past weird, three years. Some stuff happened, like a boat got lodged in a canal, <laughs> and there was a pandemic, <laughs> and now there's a war. Which boat um, are we talking about? Are we talking about Suez? Yeah, talking about, about? yeah Suez. <laughs> um, not the Ruby Princess, but that was like another thing that, yeah. that didn't help. There's many boats. Uh, there's many boats. Um, I will start with my votes, not my boats. Hey, that rhymes. That's a, not quite a segue, but it's a rhyme way. It's a water uh, vehicle. A segue. Uh, <laughs> my one vote this week uh, was a, and there's a big gap between my one and my top four. My top four I thought were all super impressive, but my sure. one vote is to Brady Hoff. For West Coast. Interesting. Uh, I thought he was really good in an 81-point loss. He kept Charlie Cameron to seven disposals and two points. He, on his own, had 22 disposals at 86%. He had five intercepts and 14 marks and got uh, one vote from each coach in that game in an 81-point loss. Only West Coast player to get a vote. Well, there you go. Well done, Brady Hoff. Uh, fair enough. Uh, my blinkers, completely on for that game uh, because I, I, I It, it was such a glazed-over-eyes kind of game. Um, but, yeah, the, the impact he had on Charlie Cameron especially considering I gave McGrath votes for doing a similar job earlier mm-hmm. this year. Um, Hoff in there as well. I don't have Hoff in my special mentions, but I actually do have two West Coast players in there. Okay. Uh, yep. I'll just quickly knock them out. I thought Jerry McGovern, Jeremy McGovern was pretty good yep. on return, um, almost like he hasn't been injured the whole season, but he was pretty good. Um, and I thought Jaden Hunt has continued to be really good for Hunt them. Hunt was good. Yeah, I, I had McGovern in mine as well. Um, so that, that's fair. Sweet. Same yeah. game, same Vote. Same income. <laughs> uh, Harris Andrews oh, is my one. Oh, not the same income. No. no. Different income. Uh, Harris Andrews is in my special mentions. Yeah. Uh, he was brilliant. Yeah. He gets... He get, it's the West Coast discount. It's rough. He's so good, isn't he? Depending um, on like... I feel I feel like... Uh, do you get the West Coast discount? Because he's still playing on Oscar Allen. Yeah. And, and did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Uh, 
And he just, he just marshals games at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was in my special mentions, and really the only way around him and Hoff swap was because Hoff had a much harder task in my yeah. eyes. No, that's um, totally fair. But yeah, I can't blame you for having him in there. Quickly rattle it off. 13 marks, 12 intercept possessions, 7 pressure acts. Low metres gained, but that's not what you want from Harris Andrews. Yeah, no. He's stopping. He's. I'm happy for him to kick at 20 metres because yeah. he knows that his long kicking isn't his strength anyway. So, yeah, he was really good. Um, my two this week was mm. Sam Taylor. Same. Um, this, like, my top four had so much this week, but uh, 19 disposals, 13 of those were contested, 13 were intercepts. He had nine contested defensive one-on-one wins. Uh, didn't lose one. It's pretty good. Ten spoils, nine pressure acts and four tackles, just to go with eight marks, five intercepts, and four of those marks were contested. So, wild, wild game. He's yeah, in, I think I mean, we all know how good Sam Taylor is. They are so much better now that he's back. Yeah. Uh, I think that was part of the problem for a while there. Uh, I feel like he and Haynes are a really good combo. Yeah, um, I was surprised that he was a sub this week. It is strange, um, isn't it? But maybe it was that they was pretty much were best more confident they were going to beat Hawthorne than it ended up being. Um, but yeah. Yeah, well, when the game started, I was like, oh, big percentage win on the line here. This yeah. could be huge for and them. they needed and it for if they're going to make finals. Thankfully, Hawthorne showed up this week. Yes, um, even without Sicily. Um, he was back this week, so maybe he'll get some votes again. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, on to three, I guess. Yeah, so you um, go again. Uh, basically, podcast favourite royalty at the moment, uh, Isaac Quainer was my three. Um, he's my five. He's I'm your five? He was out. my five. Until I just couldn't justify having him above the the next two I've got. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but another incredible game, wasn't it? And, and a game where they needed a player like him to step mm-hmm. up. Um, 26 disposals and 10 of those were intercepts. 13 marks, 8 of those were intercepts. Only had two one-on-ones, one on both. Three tackles, two spoils. Uh, nine coaches' votes tied to best yep. on ground with Nick Dacos, who the media had as by far best on ground, but the coaches clearly didn't. Yep. Uh He's jet. He's an absolute jet. Yeah, and I think this is the five comes body of work. Like I've been, sl- I've been gassing up Quainer for you weeks have, now. Yeah, and I was, um, I was, I was so happy to tell you I gave him five two, and then I like <laughs> two spots. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Uh, six rebound fifties to go with that as well. Mm. I don't know if you mentioned, um, but yeah, uh, he is a very, very mature player. I'm not exactly sure how old he is, but uh, he's going to be very good for them for a long time. Yeah, and he's. Um, I've told you about it before, been on my radar for ages just because he had that wild uh, draft combine skills-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that skills is such a huge part of his game. Like his disposal, his disposal efficiency is sometimes, I think, lower than it is fair to be because he tries to pull off some insanely good kicks out of the back line that set them up down the ground. 89% this uh, week, though. And yeah, that's what I mean. Like when he when he hits them, they're out. Um, and mm-hmm. it's a big part of why Collingwood are able to do what they can do. Uh, you and I were talking about Risky. Lipinski earlier. When they've got players like him, both Dacos's Lipinski and Penderbury delivering the ball forward, it just allows their runners to kind of haphazardly head down the ground because they've got the skills yeah. to hit the targets. Uh, and yeah, his game on the weekend was a big part of that. And the Bulldogs looked good until um, really the end of that game. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, uh, on to my your three. three. Yep, my three is Jacob Weering. Got a special mention from me. Yep. Uh, not the biggest numbers game, um, but it was sewed up for me when I saw the stat that over the past three or four rounds, he's the number two intercept player in the league. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to cut that out of my microphone because that is hectic. Uh, so if you hear a bit of silence of mine, that's what it's for. Uh, yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, he, he's been stepping it up. And yep. it's Obviously, Carlton's looked a lot better for it. Um, his defensive work's been fantastic. It's, a, it's been a real swap. 
I think I said a few weeks ago when I gave him a one or a two, mm-hmm. his ability to fill space yeah. is so influential. Like Hawthorne, that game, I think it was, had no marks inside 50. Yeah. Um, because of his ability to just block off those runs and leads, which he does so well. And, uh, well, I mean, Fremantle less so, but over the past few weeks when he has been number two intercept, he's been playing on King and yep. Mitch Lewis. Uh, and I think body of work-wise, worthy of a three. Um he looks a lot better when he's intercepting and then stopping, yep. not stopping. I, I agree intercepting. with that. Um, my four this week uh, went to Alira Lear. Mm. Um, this was a this was a mean one for me. I left, left him, him out. out? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that must have been the one you left out, um, purely because of how insane my fives game was, so I'm guessing it's yours as well, but we'll get to that. No, I've done my fives. Um, Alia, 10 spoils, had 14 one-on-ones and didn't lose any of them. Uh, he beat King so bad that he got subbed off on one yeah. disposal. Uh, had 12 of his own at 92%. Eight of those 12 were intercepts. Seven of those were, inter- uh, were contested. Uh, similar ratio, seven marks, five contested, six intercepts. Uh, he's so important to them, especially when they lost McKenzie. Yep. Um, and he basically had to play. They love having multiple of that role if they can in that team. And he was basically the only one that could do it. So, yeah, in my votes there uh, with a four... Um, so who was your four? Stephen May. Stephen May, yeah. So that was my five. I um, want. I thought about giving him five, um, and then I was like, I don't like Stephen May. He's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I had to give it to Quayne all this week, but yeah, Stephen May's game. You're going to go through the numbers. I, but I saw someone tweet, I was just in Guild supporter, just said, I don't care for Stephen May. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I... His numbers were phenomenal. He had 29 disposals at 86, 13 intercepts, 5 rebounds, 12 marks, including one probably mark of the year contender, um, 8 intercepts and 3 contested, 10 coaches' votes. Um, but then he, like the other part of the game, 5 spoils, 6 pressure acts and 2 tackles. Yep. Also was involved in the incidents, all 3 incidents, which mm. involved uh, Cordy, Ross and King um, being injured and going off. Uh, King tried to spoil May, knocked his own shoulder out. Cordy was trying to chase May while kicking, did a hamstring. Sorry, sorry, Cordy got knocked out by him and Ross was trying to chase him and did a hamstring. May Curse. did nothing wrong, but like security players were just dropping around him. Uh, what a game. Yeah. Uh, look, I could have tossed back and forth about giving him a five and I probably should have in the end, but hey. Like I said, I had Quainer at five at the start of the week and then May's game just kind of pushed yeah. it over. Especially when I remembered how close Melbourne were to losing that game at matches. Mm. Um, so yeah, May... May Kind of pulled it over the line for me. Where's that? I'm trying to do the maths on where everyone is now. I think that might take... Oh, Andrew's one vote might save him, but yeah. I think it might take May very close to the yeah. top. He's had a few really strong weeks. Um, and also, Lever was really good as well, just to mm. like throw in there. Um, and Luke Ryan I also had as my one-up, yep. which you mentioned. I have uh, also... No, I have two dishonourable mentions. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah. go for it. Your fave, Luke McDonald. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my, that was the funniest <laughs> thing. I I can't believe that happened. There was he, he's, he's not their captain. Simpson is their captain. He, no, he's, he's a co-captain. Oh, he's co-captain. Yeah. That was embarrassing. Every, was almost every arc. possession he had was just a turnover. It was a turnover. It was just feeding Geelong but players. It was that 50-meter penalty, which is one Shocking. of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. He ran from so I far away to tackle him. complained to the umpire. Um, Everyone had stopped. <laughs> Um, and my other dishonourable mention is Brandon Walker. Um, oh, yeah. No. Uh, he horrible. had that awful final against Collingwood last year and Freo fans were gone on him. And he missed, I think, the first few weeks of this year because of it. He's, um, he's not been bad this year. His bad games are horrible. I saw nothing yeah. on the weekend from him. 
Um, and that's really disappointing because I think he has been solid for them um, and their defense has been pretty decent. Um, yeah. But yeah, that I was agree. that was really disappointing. Um, I had one other special mention actually, um, who was Blake Hardwick, uh, who kept Toby Green goalless for the it's first time feat. in 19 games yeah. when he last played on Blake Hardwick. Uh, oh, he's the Toby Green killer. Yeah, apparently. What The reason he didn't get a vote for me is that Green still had 11 score involvements and okay, two yeah. shots on goal. So... Um, I don't know if that's so much killer. Yeah, but like it, I just he, Blake Hardwick had a pretty good game on his own. They almost won that game, and keeping Green goalless is always impressive. But yeah, it's also the fact that Green still had a pretty big impact on that game. Eleven score involvements. Um, yeah, in a low scoring affair, uh, he, he was pretty important. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty good week. Uh, that's the votes. The votes are done. The votes are done. We'll see you all next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stuart Jew's dead, apparently, according He's, to Gold Coast social yeah. media. I the the rest in peace photo on the website is so very strange. very strange. Like it, it didn't look like they've just sacked a man. Um, it, it, the big head in the sky. It's like the Simpsons, Homer <laughs> on the you know sitting on the bonnet of the car. Yeah. R.I.P. Stuart Jew. Um, it, it does leave him as the most successful Gold Coast coach. Yes, uh, with a well, winning 30%. percentage of thirty percent, which is rough for them. Um, he spanned four North Melbourne coaches, seven if you count caretakers. Mm. Uh, what happens to the Suns? Like, at what point does it become unviable for the AFL? Uh, if after Damien Hardwick or Ken Hinckley sign a five-year deal with the Suns and, and they still, still don't make finals, yeah. then, then I, it's... I, I've been seeing... Oh, but the money's still there The from... money's there for South East Queensland, right? Yeah. That's the thing for them. But, like, I, we talked about it the other day that no, since the... New teams have started coming in since 19, oh, 1987 or whatever it was. Mm. No team has taken more than 10 years to make finals or even win a final. Um, and Gold Coast are at 13 this year. And yeah. they're almost definitely not going to make it with the run home they have. I'd be crazy if they did. But Dead cat bounce, that's what they're um, after. Yeah, and I mean, if there's any team that loves losing to the dead cat bounce, it's St Kilda, and that's who they've got this week. Um, I thought Richmond were the bunnies for that normally. It was another one where it, it was, why not bother waiting until the end of the year at this point? To sack Stuart Jew, I don't know what the benefit is. Because they can start you can start having discussions with, with Hardwick, Hardwick now. Flying over to wherever he is in America to go and have a chat to him. Um, Question, do you reckon he's high for his first official meeting with the Gold Coast? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> like, he's, I mean, he's in LA, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like the idea that, um, you know, I'm seeing all these articles about whoever takes over Gold Coast is in prime position because I've got this young list. And it's like, that's exactly what all the articles were saying about Stuart Jew when he took over. Like, it's so prime to take over. They've got all these high draft picks and, and, you know, the talent's there and they're almost making finals. And then it's kind of been the same. I feel like Stuart Jew was more of a rebuild coach. They lost yeah. players they in did. He period. did a really good job of building a core there. And they've, they've signed on. He wasn't in charge of the horrible deals that led to them getting rid Him of players coming in like and, million, and Like, heading into each season, 500000 to a million dollars over the salary cap and having to slice that back every year. Um, yeah, it's it was a hard spot to be a coach in because there's not much you could do with that. Like, you and couldn't poach talent either. Would things be slightly di- different if they had, Je- like, a, a mature Jaeger Ye- Amira? Okay. Stephen May, Tom Lynch. Isaac Rankin. There's so many players that they've lost, and, yeah, they get draft picks, but then they draft young players, yeah. and the cycle begins. And they just keep being this team of really talented yeah. youth. They've got lots um, of Like I said the other players. day when they lost... Um, the pick that became Brayshaw to Frio. Mm. Uh, and they got Ballard out of it, who's been fantastic for them. Um, but, like, the problem was getting well, or is it, one, he's injured a lot. Mm. Um, and two, like, he's never been that midfielder, I think, that he was expected to be because he had to be one of the most mature kids in a team of kids. Yeah. 
um, which is kind of like the Daniel Rich scenario, I think, in a way where like where a young player is forced to be the most talented young player. They don't get to grow the way they're meant to um, as a footballer. So it's just a cycle for them at the moment, I think, that's really hard to get out of. And and they've got talent there that's staying, which is good. Yes. And they've got young players who look good, like Flanders and Holland. Pal. Um, and there's Pal. one that I'm forgetting, Humphrey. Oh, um, really like Humphrey. So, I don't know, I see upside. They've got a lot of uh, academy kids yes. coming through, which is really good. Um, so, I, I definitely see a possibility where they make finals as soon as next year. Their yep. midfield's really good. I mean, I had hopes for them to do it this year until they started dropping the kind of games that Gold Coast drop. Um, it's every year. But that's what they need, someone like a Damien Hardwick who won't, to who push won't through. Who will accept that, yeah. um, for sure. Um, and I know Stuart Dew specifically has been touted as being, even though this week I've seen people say he was sacked because he was there were relationship issues, but all I've heard out of there that he was really good yes, with communication with players. You don't have players. players sign on like they have there if the coach isn't yeah. good with the players. Like that, they've. Um, so I'm not sure about that. That might just be Gold Coast. They've had less hemorrhaging of players than ever since he's been there. Yeah, I think Isaac Rankin's the worst one. And obviously the Bose issue, but that's, but that they that's separate. He wanted to stay. Um, I know I'd want to stay on that much money too, I guess. Yep. Um, another one, I, I kind of touched on this. I wasn't going to bring it up until the podcast, but we got a message about it the other day. Did we? Like, unless I'm going to hear about every person in WA who gets done for drink driving, oh. I don't need to hear that Cam McCarthy got done for drink driving. Like, I, I don't think that he's a he's a relevant enough person to be in the sports section for just copping a breathalyzer test. I think there's there's not many Fremantle players who would be relevant, relevant enough. enough. Like, if Pavlich got done for drink driving. But that's what newspapers do. They push issues by putting these big scandals and also on that, the back that's, that that's aren't the West, right? really like, anything. Although, for, what is it, 0. 0.414? That was yeah, pretty it's a pretty, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, but, like, that's just what they do. Yeah. Like, I pay no attention. Yeah. I saw the... the Drink driving team of the week, and I didn't even know who was the new one. So yeah, well, neither did the person who sent it to us. Um, they're like, oh, well, that was years ago. I was like, no, that was yesterday. Um, and that was when I wrote the note. But um, yeah, I feel like it's not even a like it's it's such a it happens so often. Like so many people get done for drink driving that there's not like a football involved in a notable newsworthy event. It's just a hmm. a thing that happens all the time. Marlon Pickett, that was a notable newsworthy. Yeah, event. Yeah, like that. Even if he was a former player, that one's like a. A, yeah. a big thing like that would be mentioned even it was uh, Jake King and Tyrone Vickery's money laundering business that was a good one um, Didac in the back of the car with Richmond the... pretty bad at it apparently <laughs> Didac in the back of the car was a good one um, <laughs> in a drive-by I was sleeping okay okay. you missed out you missed out on some good stuff like steel side bottoms walking out the wrong door but before yeah that, uh, yeah. Before, that's why we kind of need those stories because he's you get a current shit. and popular player McCarthy hasn't played in eons yeah true um, my, my favourite one I think I ever heard, and this is before Dane Swan discovered Twitter and I got, I mm. learned that he was an absolute brain rot of a man, but, uh, I remember him talking about one time, um, he woke up and had like 10 missed calls from Eddie Maguire and he oh. was like, what have I done? Yeah. And he picked up the phone and he called Eddie Maguire and Eddie Maguire's like, Dane, your pub's burnt down. Yeah. He's like, oh, thank God. And he's like, what? And he's like, I mean, yeah, it's bad, but... I thought it was going to be much worse. <laughs> um, so, like, obviously players are so switched on to the fact that you can't do anything. Like, no. Stephen May is such a good example a few years ago. He just had a beer and there was a journalist there taking a photo of him or someone sent it to a journalist. And it's like the microcosm in WA, Adelaide and Melbourne is insane for AFL players. Like, I feel like that's why a lot of players do enjoy playing in, like, Sydney and, and mm. why someone might want to move to the Gold Coast. And weird that they haven't been able to make that more of an advantage, but... The talent's probably a big issue with that, like in terms of success. But mm, I think their problem is they're too, well, at least at the point 
recently, they're very eager to sign players and will take someone like a Brandon Ellis on a five-year deal yep. for big money who would probably get a two-year deal somewhere else for yeah. much less. Um, All my uh, list I made earlier of premiership players that I, one, either didn't know who they were or B, did not know they were premiership players, Jacob Townsend, mm. uh, after he won the flag at Gold Coast, uh, Richmond, Gold Coast signed up immediately and he played like two games for them. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Unfortunately, I, that was body issues. He was really good at Richmond. He was, yeah. yeah. Had some real um, uh, skills, especially, were, were very high, but. Um, yeah, it is a tough one. And signing on young players constantly to long deals does hinder their ability to bring players in. Um, and like obviously a lot of clubs rely on bringing players in to rejuvenate. GWS. Time. He went to GWS. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, and then he went to Essendon. Oh, no. Sorry. GWS, Richmond, Essendon, Gold Coast. Yep. Um, the... Oh, had something. Oh, sorry, as you see, Brisbane have managed to make that a good factor for them. Like, they have become a destination for players who have a lot of pressure on them or um, are under that microscope and don't want to be. Like they did a really good job of pulling in players like Danaher and Cameron and, and now Dunkley um, mm. to, who might not want to be under that constant pressure. Mm. Um, so like it'd be good if Gold Coast can get that going because it clearly does work. Um, and making your location, when you're not a Melbourne club, making your location advantage is huge. Like it took Geelong a long time to do it. Now it's their biggest strength. West Coast manage it all the time. Um, and I think Sydney do it pretty well as well. I think Gold Coast's issue is their stadium's in just a really shit spot. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just think that they could do it, though. Like, the, the lifestyle on the Gold Coast is obviously something that... I think they've definitely had players pick up. Like, look at fucking Lockie Weller. There's no way he didn't go to the oh, Gold yeah, Coast well, because he wants to fucking serve. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I think it just has to be the right kind of player, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair point. I just hope they do well. I've always liked the Gold Coast. Mm, I have uh, no problem with them. I hate it when people call them a franchise side. Just everything's a, team. a franchise just a side, team now. isn't it? Like I, they've been, just around for, shut up. been around for 13 years. Yeah. Um, we just need Tasmania to come in so they can be... Uh, people won't call them a franchise no, team. No, they'll just be Tasmania. Yeah. I mean, if they get a team now with the, the, the weird mm. protests about having a stadium when that was the one way the AFL was going to give them a team. I, it's all... I don't think they needed a stadium. I, I don't think that they... They got two. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't think they needed a new one because the way they were pulling in crowds against Hawthorne, who were a big mm. enough team anyway. Why don't they just redevelop those stadiums? Redevelop them or just at least play there for the first few years. GWS were playing out of um, Blacktown mm. like before they got, well, before Showgrounds got redeveloped yep. to Giant Stadium. Like, you don't need the big stadium right away. Carrara got redeveloped while Gold Coast were there. It was small when they started. I think that it would have been fine to have a Tasmanian team playing from those two grounds, which have enough seats for a Tasmanian team. There's not that many people in Tasmania. I don't know how many people are in Tasmania. Yeah, well, in any one city, there's not enough to justify a huge stadium, that's for sure. Um, and I think that once they had a team, they wouldn't be travelling to go see the game from you know, Hobart to Launceston. They'd be waiting until the team came and played mm. in the city. Um, but now if they're going to be based in one city, then obviously yeah. they might travel more. But it's going to be tough. And the same is going to happen like people, because Perth's so spread out, People who live rural don't want to come to West Coast games on a Sunday afternoon or a Friday night because it's too far. Yep. Um, and the same would be true for a Tasmanian side now because people aren't going to want to travel from Hobart to Launceston or vice versa to go and see a game if it's on a night that's going to be inconvenient. The AFL should have promised light rail. Light rail. That's how you get a team. Bullet train. <laughs> Tasmania's bullet train. You get on it for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you have made it from Hobart to Launceston in a snap. I mean... Comparable to Japan, Tasmania is reasonably sized, and they've got bullet trains. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm really bad at sizing things in my yeah. head. Yeah, I think Tasmania, Tasmania feels it feels much so smaller. small because Australia is so big. Yeah. Like, this country is the size of Tasmania out there mm. that have trains. That have more than 12 people. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's, there's some really populous countries out there the size of Tasmania, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is a pretty empty place. I mean, a lot of Australia is there, right? But Tasmania, I think, is the weirdest one because it's it's got the things that has made other countries so populous in terms of rain and soil and minerals and whatever. But no, it's too cold. Not talking about minerals anymore. Let's get to the important stuff. The important stuff. Okay, one. Who's going to win, North or Hawthorne? Oh, Hawthorne. With Sicily back? How much? Five goals. Like, enough to be embarrassing for North Melbourne? Enough that North will look pretty rubbish being beaten by a team that's also down that low. Yeah. Like, this is a North team that struggled to beat West Coast, and Hawthorne beat them by, like, 120. Mm. That is true. Um, But... As we were asked this week, uh, who wins an AFL game, 22 Mitch Marshes or 22 Alex Carries? Oh, Mitch Marsh. It's Mitch Marsh, right? Yeah, like, fucking That was a that mobile utility who was, who's strong. Like, he was and counted to be... Did you see the wife beater underneath his shirt? I, I'm a Mitch Marsh fan. He's a <laughs> unit. Although, um, if he hadn't got his eyes fixed playing cricket, he would probably struggle on a footy field. Oh, he could just wear the Mason... Cox Sunnies. Oh, yeah, he could have, yes. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but... Me neither. Why isn't North versus Hawthorne being played in Tasmania? It's a great question. Why is like that, 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 why should is be, that not a yearly fixture for those That's the game two? that should be there, right? If any should be. Did, I feel like it has been before. But why isn't it this year? I don't know. They, it should be. They're especially, get, when, especially when they're both struggling. They're going to get, what, struggle to get 30k at that game. They'll get pretty much as many at the MCG as they would at Tassie. And Tassie would at least like it. And the teams would probably make more money because Tasmania would give them money. Yeah. That's a great question. Right. Uh, you, you raise a valid point. I don't mm. know. Uh, why isn't Geelong playing Essendon? Fuck it. Just play it at Tullamarine. All the fans can come for free and stand around. Yeah, yeah. Get, in the, car, get the cars out, sit in the boot. Um, yeah, you couldn't hear it, but I rolled my eyes really <laughs> hard just then. Uh, all right. Uh, as per request by someone, I don't even know if they listen to the podcast. Oh, excellent. What's your game of the week? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. This week? Yeah. It is... I had one, I thought. Do you have yours? No. <laughs> it's Melbourne-Brisbane, right? It has to be. I think Melbourne-Brisbane has the most interest to it, but I think that it will... Either way it goes, I think it will be a big win. I don't think it'll be a close game. I, I'm... I'm and obviously, I have a vested interest in it because it's my own team. Carlton I think Port Carlton is, Port's I was going to say, game. that's a big game for Game of the Week style. Um, because I think I think Port might take it a bit easy knowing they have Collingwood next week. If they have anyone under a cloud, they'll rest My them, right? actual Game of the Week, in terms of I think it will be a good game, is Gold Coast and Kilda Carrara. I don't think, I think any game featuring St Kilda is a good <laughs> game. <laughs> I mean, close. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. I, thought it been, I already thought it was going to be a close game. Before you got sacked, I thought in Carrara with St Kilda's you know, not very high scoring game plan with no king, I thought that Gold Coast yeah. would push them pretty close, if not win. Uh, Dead Cat Bounce does funny things to teams both ways. Like it could either be a massive loss or they could come out firing. Well, that's what I was wondering. What if they just, they really did like you? And they just, they dropped, dropped they the just don't care. Yeah. I, it'd be crazy, wouldn't it? It um, would be the quickest way to get the, um, the higher up sacked. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy how in situations, especially like Gold Coast, and we've talked about West Coast this year, how the attention is so much on the coach. Mm-hmm. Like 
that's not like West Coast. We've talked about is clearly not the, the major part of the issue. Is not the coach. There's other stuff going on there. Gold Coast has to be looked at the same way now, right? Like it's been 13 years. I the coach know, can't be the problem. I don't know when people are going to learn that. It's everything. Yes. Geelong don't win the flag last year if they don't refresh their Geelong, assistant coaches. Yeah. Melbourne don't win the flag if they don't have um, what's his fucking name, Choco Williams. Yeah, ab- in the ab- background, absolutely. orchestrating things. Um, it's not just Sam Mitchell at West Coast as well. Like the players yeah. even said, like without the way that he carried them through that final series with his experience, they wouldn't have got there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's so true, and and uh, Geelong's a great one because they've changed so much and even brought well uh, Mackie into the recruiting department with Wells to do some other stuff and like bring new faces in. Um, that yeah, when players just call or fans just call for the coach to be gone, it's so confusing because the coach has such a limited what they can do. Like they don't control the list for starters. Um, they're not the be all and end all at match committee. They're a voice on the match committee for selection. Um, they're in charge of an overall strategy and like management of players. Um, and like West Coasts, you can you can't manage what they've got and the injuries they've had to a certain extent. Like they they proved that when they're playing properly, maybe they can play a bit better like they did against St Kilda. But that also comes down to what we've talked about with St Kilda's inability to put teams away because they don't have the scoring at the other end of the defence. Mm-hmm. So I think there's another part of West Coast looking good because of that. I think there's also, like we've on this podcast said, how long can Adam Simpson last? But that's simply just due to that down to how long could that man take yeah, what's happening? Like, like, what's like I said to you, like it's almost at a point where surely he'd be happier <laughs> just working as an assistant yeah. coach. Richmond are the home for rehoused former coaches. Um, like surely Adam Simpson would be happier being an assistant coach at a rebuilding Richmond just in the background working with a line of players or a core than You'd assume so. just being hounded by the men and I, week I, in, week I out. Would, There's no world where I wouldn't take Adam Simpson as an assistant coach at my club. Absolutely. Like, in a heartbeat. He's clearly a good coach and like was before West Coast collapsed yeah. due to COVID continuously successful. Like, they were good. Like you said, they finished fifth uh, just before it all collapsed. Yep. Um, it, it is a strange one. I don't, I don't know. But I don't know what the solution is because <laughs> so many teams have proven that you need a full revival, but that usually includes the coach. Um, and I think the only one recently where we've seen where it has been successful without it is Damien Hardwick. Yep. And now he's left his club to potentially go to another one. I, so. I think he'd be crazy too straight away as well. Like, if his reason is true... And his reason for needing to step away from Richmond was that he had burnout. Um, I can't see why he'd want to come back and coach a club in 2024. Six months off, though. Is that long enough? If you, to, like, fully refresh? If you were offered six months off right now to refresh and you have to start again in 2024, I know your job's a lot less mm-hmm. stressful than being a head coach. You'd take Pay it. Pay a lot less as well, though. You'd take it? Yeah. Yeah, I would. He's um, currently probably I mean, the, still being paid by Richmond. The ultimate one is Clarko, isn't it? He's living in America. He's hanging out in America smoking weed. Yeah. I don't know if he's been paid by Richmond because he stepped away rather than being I'm sacked. sure there would have been a little so, bit. So the ultimate one is Clarko, right? When Kennett basically forced him to be pushed out by the club and Mitchell replaced him and they had to pay him for two years. I mean, coach. Stuart Jew's going to be getting paid for this year yes. and next. So. Yeah, well, not, not as much because Gold Coast have... Oh, they've got the payout. Yeah. yeah, so they only have to pay him a fraction, not the so only West because West Coast aren't. I, I learned recently how the uh, soft cap works with coaches, um, and it's something I think it's that for every amount you go over it, you pay a two hundred percent tax. So if you go five hundred thousand dollars over the soft cap, you pay a million dollars to the AFL for that year. Hold on. So you're saying that if they wanted to. 
a rich club like Collingwood or West Coast could can, just eat can, that yeah, fine. That's why that's it's stupid. Yeah. That is absolutely garbage. And people have garbage. talked about West Coast doing that, but it is still a lot of money, even for a club. With oh, a lot of course. Of money. Yeah, of course. But like, um, but yes, it is kind of messed up in a competition where the only thing you want to do is win a premiership. Why Cause wouldn't? Because it, it was built in to prevent basically what Collingwood had done yeah. in the early noughties when they were just had this. I remember their facilities were... Oh, yeah. So the Lex, when the Lexus Centre got built and they had about 20 coaches in there, um, that was why the AFL brought those rules in. Um, but, like, it's quite funny that, you know, they were doing better before that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, Collingwood challenged for multiple premierships and then got the new facilities and this big list of coaches and then kind of dropped off for a while. And then yeah. The AFL brought the soft cap in and they dropped a bunch of their coaches off and the Lexus Centre started being shared with the netball centre and then suddenly, woof, they're a good team again. So maybe that's also not the be-all mm. and end-all. Yeah, I don't know. I... Coaching's weird, man. Running an AFL football club is an insane proposition. Like, there's just so many... Can't imagine it. ...layers and levels to it. It's, um, it's when you've got boards and you're answering to them, but you also have to answer to your fans. Fans, because they memberships. Players, and those players the are... AFL, because you're technically a non-profit organisation. Uh, and those, those players are like the be-all and end-all of your club. Yeah. If you have a Dustin Martin or a Jordan Degoe who's off doing whack shit, that's going to affect... Everything top down. PR um, for footy clubs must be tough, mustn't it? Oh, I think the turnover would be really high. Yeah, you'd be out of there as soon as you could. Um, uh, pl- player agents as well, I think, must have a crazy job because like, I want. Mm. I can't even. I can't imagine that dealing with. Well, have you watched the the the, the show on Stan? <laughs> no, no, because player agents are fucking dickheads. <laughs> um, but like, I just mean I can't imagine how. Frustrating it must be dealing with multiple clubs and your yeah. player at the same time. Like the demands from all three must mm-hmm. be wild. And you're like probably sitting there having like the logical solution like in mind. Um, but like you can't do that because that's not best for the player you're representing. And also both clubs want more than the other one. I'm more interested in the social media side of things. I'm, I want to know the appropriate percentage level of whimsy you're allowed like how to much have post-loss. How much can you meme? Post-loss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, how bad was the one a few weeks ago, the AFL made an error, and on a West, it was like on the West Coast 120-point loss to St Kilda, to Sydney. They posted Carlton singing the theme song Ooh. on the West Coast website, but because all the sites are linked, <laughs> it was just someone clicked the wrong button. Oh, no. And West Coast... Uh, in a wild choice for a football team, don't have their social media department on the weekend if they're not playing. Okay. Uh, so if they play on the Saturday, they don't work the Sunday. Was it left up all weekend? So it was left up until Monday. <laughs> um, which, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about this. Crazy. Like, I can't... Imagine being a West Coast fan, you open up the West Coast website, <laughs> like the first video there is Carlton singing the song after knocking off, like, it was Gold Coast, I think. Um, <laughs> I just... <laughs> I feel like social media managers should just log in on Monday and be like, oh, my bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I would post it's that. Like when they're like, when they're supposed to be like, appropriate. When they're supposed to like, tough to stomach. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> well, the fans know that, don't they? They just sat at home and watched that. Well, they probably didn't. West I feel Coast like it would be that. more like if it, if it was just Sydney won by 100 and how much did they win by? 100 and, was it 121 uh, points? No, it was like 170. No, 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 they scored that much. They scored 200. Oh, they did, didn't it? It was 171 points. They won yeah. by 100. It just, if I was the West Coast social media manager, I'd just tweet out the score and go, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. <laughs> Woof. Maybe you go the full piece take and you do the We Cry as one. This you is know, why like, I can't be a social media manager. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, like, 
the things I want to comment back to people when I'm doing social media replies, I, crazy to me. Because mm-hmm. um, people, you know, as anyone listening to this would know who uses the internet, people be stupid a lot of the time <laughs> on the internet. People be stupid. Um, I saw an Essendon fan today. It's funny because we were running through the lists of players at other teams. Mm. Uh, and I saw this after I'd already done it, but an Essendon fan today saying that Geelong can't chase uh, Bailey Smith, even though there's no substantial, like nothing real to the rumour anyway at any point yet. Uh, but Geelong can't chase him because they've already got so many players from other clubs on the list. And I was like, Essendon have like 10 best 22 footballers from other clubs right now. Mm, I didn't check them, but yeah. There's a few injured, but like Shield, right. Setterfield, Wright. Uh, Caldwell. Caldwell. There's a lot there. Um Hind. He might not be best 22, I might not be best 22 anymore, but there's there's quite a few in there. Listen, like, but that's all clubs. We know that now. Like Phillips is obviously currently obviously yeah. not best twenty two, but he was while Draper was out. Um, and yeah, due to player movement, you, you're hard pressed to find a club that wouldn't have six players on their game day team that aren't traded now. It would be hard to find one that's less than six. That's what I mean. Yeah, like like I know Most I went them through them before. I think the lowest I sent to you was yeah. seven. And it's, yeah, it's like ten is pretty common now. Because um, players play one season at clubs and it just doesn't work out and they find their home somewhere else and play better. Dealers of free agents also helps yep, as well because there's so many players that get picked up and you don't even Mid-season, think about. Mid-season, pre-season. Um, and then, like, yeah, that's just, I was surprised that Geelong's 2011 team only had one. Um, Who was it? Like, the one at the end, it was Brad Otten still. Ah, uh, yep. Um, because Cameron Mooney dropped out of that side for Pods Yadley and Hawkins to take the two spots. Um, and other players, Harley and whatever, retired, so... Mm. Um, but yeah, most teams have most grand final teams have six or more. Yeah. Um, and in the modern day and age, I think that's only going to go up. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, look at how well Collingwood are doing this and even, this year, and they brought in four on the offseason. Yeah, and, and like even Melbourne, after all of their high draft picks, you look at your Gorns, your Oliver's, they still had a whole heap of players who were traded in from other clubs, even players who were fringe players, like your Melchers and Melchim. whatever, who, who didn't come into the side. Like they even had fringe players who they didn't draft. Mm. So like it's just a it's part of list management now. Ben Brown. Um, he played in that yeah grand final, um, but yeah that that's it right. Like, if you're not looking at bringing in talent from other clubs as part of your list management, you're probably doing it wrong because established talent you know you have a higher chance of knowing what you're getting in than with I think, draft. I think a lot of clubs fall into we need to get stars only. Yeah, and I think the most important thing you can do to move towards getting a premiership is improve your like 16 to 22. It's, it's your bottom six, right? Yeah. yeah. Your bo- and that's a a huge part of clubs that is underestimated. Like Stengel turned out to start mm-hmm. last year. But even this year when he's not playing his best, it's so, such an improvement on what was in there before. You look at players Richmond bought in yep. to just cover needs. I mean, look at Collingwood this year bringing in Frampton huge and Hill. Uh, great example. Um, Lipinski the year before. Those yeah. are players that aren't going to be in your top 10. Yep but they are going to influence the game enough. Players who might not get a, a single play their role. Brownlow vote. Oh, yeah. yeah, unlikely to. Mm-hmm. Um, or he'll might when he has his days out or whatever. But players you're not expecting to mm-hmm. be in coaches' votes or Brownlow votes, but they cover that bit of the list where someone was just letting you down on game day. It's massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It's an underest- underestimated part of trading. Yeah. Um, and Ben Brown was a great example at Melbourne. Like, I know he obviously kicked a lot of goals at North, but... Melbourne just needed someone up forward who could present and bring the ball to ground for Pickett and Fritch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brown did that. And McDonald did that when he was up there. But when you have a need filled and you get it filled by someone who's good enough, that's enough. There are so many premiership players that you look at and go, how the hell are you a premiership player? Remember Lee Brown? Yeah. Collingwood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what he did? 
He brought the ball to ground in their forward yeah. line, and he's, that's all they needed from him. He's a traded-in player. Was he? North Melbourne. There you go. Um, uh, I accidentally gave the perfect example. <laughs> yeah, the perfect example. Yeah, came in and filled a role that they, you know, they, <laughs> they obviously had Rocker um, as their main target, but you, you can't have one. Like that just doesn't it doesn't work. Um, and yeah, Brown was a really good example for them. Uh, obviously, Rocker was gone by the time they. Yeah, I was going to say that was he was definitely um, gone. It's but just, yeah, like you can't just have the one target. It just doesn't work. Um, the only time I think it's ever worked is Jack Rewald. Yes, in and they brought in Lynch and and they're better because of it. Yeah, He's exactly. their most important player. Um, yeah, he is. And we've seen that now. While he's out, they really struggle. And Rewalt's still having flashes, but... And it wasn't even because of Rewalt. It was because of their stupid knock-it-on-at-all-cost game plan. Yeah. I say stupid because it works. You know, as soon as Hardwick's gone, Rewalt's got the sleeves on too. That can't have been a thing. Yeah, it is. They were talking about it. Oh, uh, I guess he's an ex-Hardwick. He's an ex-Clarkson ex- um, school Clarkson. of uh, rough nosery. It's such it's, wank. It's so silly. It's I like when... Who was it? Was it Barassi who walked in and told everyone to shave their head? Stupid. It's so stupid dumb. shit. Well, I, I'm glad that Geelong don't have that policy because I've seen Brad Close's arms now. And I, <laughs> they're not, it doesn't look like a footballer. It looks like a little boy. Uh, I was going to say, I imagine they're really skinny but also somehow incredibly hairy. And white. Like, it's like, there's a <laughs> lot going on. he's always wearing sleeves. Yeah, I know. Um, some players that need to wear sleeves. Like, Clarkson leaving Hawthorne is the best thing that could happen to Chad Wingard because Chad Wingard is a sleeves player. Like, mm-hmm. I see Chad, he should be in sleeves. I, I genuinely think it's because he left and they brought in Cade Simpson to join their coaching panel. He's like, why aren't Simpson your players like, fucking wearing he's sleeves? He's like, do you know how good I was in sleeves? <laughs> um, Longmuir at Fremantle, he, he was a player that looked better in sleeves. He had, the, he had the, like, half roll. I used to like that. I don't mind the half roll. Yeah. I like it when the little bit of white You can is, see the white underneath yeah. it. It only works for jumpers that don't have the white sleeve. I think it, I think it works especially for Fremantle. Yeah, with or the dark. at least it did when they had the multicolored the, one. The it still works today, but it's not um, the same. It worked better at Port for Wingard than it does at Hawthorne. Like the black folded up looked better. Um, but you can only have two, I reckon two players max in sleeves. Nah. Doesn't your club have like four normally? Nah, it's usually two. It's usually two E after halftime and close all game. Mm, Guthrie s- will sometimes break I it out. I swear there's but definitely someone wore more. it this year. It was Ollie Henry and I was like, take him off. Yeah. I th- I think we can't have two sleeved goths in the forward line. That's <laughs> I not... think your other blonde boys have worn them too. Yeah, they might have, but they're not uh, best 22 yet. Never. What's yeah. the other one? Tui might be gone by the time they're best 22. Dempsey. Dempsey. Um, is there another one? Yeah, I think so. White? Is he also? Oh, yeah, White. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He looks the same as them. Nevitt's about a foot Christ. taller and he's shaved. He's got the buzz cut now. So yeah, you can't tell. I've got bad eyes. <laughs> well, that was, that was the problem with Little. Um, Ollie Henry having the sleeves on in the wet. And like from, from a distance, I was Brad like, that's Close. Brad Close again. No, it's not. Hang on. Why is Brad Close inexplicably shit today? Oh, no. <laughs> Why is he it's running away Henry. from the contest? <laughs> oh, he's hit four goals. How'd that happen? <laughs> Rough. He got, he, that's, I'll knock it for him. He's, it's working for him. He's kicked a bunch of goals this year. Mm. Got coaches votes on the weekend. He's top 15 goals in the league. It's wild, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And like that makes the trade an inherent success, like just based on that. Um, where players like Stengel has struggled to find form this year. Well, he's really just also broke Stengel's his arm. goals. So. Um, also broke his arm. But then Myers has obviously become a goal assistant, not a goal kicker. What is this, the fucking Hoops podcast? We're talking about Geelong like yeah, six sorry. times today. Yeah, my bad. We're talking about sleeves. <laughs> um, greatest sleeve player of all time. Uh, Myers is Simpson, Simpson not, yeah. but he's um, the losingest player of all time, and I love that. Yeah, that makes him, that makes him greater, I think. Yeah. Um, I can't think of one better. I think of sleeves and I think of I think iconic. of Coolahan as well. Yeah, the Carlton jumper looks good with sleeves. Mm. It's just it's a mono, it's, the it's a single, single colour. Color. It makes it look better. Um, you look it's, at... Like, it's what's what, like what, what about but... North Melbourne and 
the kangaroos sleeve jumpers is that unless they're T-posing, <laughs> it does look they go the wrong way. Yeah. Um, trying to think. I really like Zerk Thatcher in the sleeves. Oh, Paul Seedsman. Oh, that's a classic. It's an absolute classic because he looks good. He's like he's got the, like the skinny Sleeves, enough man. arms that when he's got the folded up at the bottom, he's got like four arms that aren't too skinny, but it hides the. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I think of someone else who's really iconic in my head right now. I just can't think. Normally, I can. Yeah, Bart- Bartel in the wet weather in sleeves. Oh, Bartel was a good. Especially one. when he had the beard. That was something else. Oh, the beard was good. Same as Simpson when he had the beard. Yeah, Simpson. That's the combo. It. And Michael Tuck. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it's about. <laughs> so that's, that's another one with Hawthorne, right? Like you come into Hawthorne, you're like, no one wears sleeves. It's like your greatest mm. like ever player. Maybe not talent-wise, but the man won seven premierships, mm-hmm. played in 11 grand finals, wore sleeves pretty much his entire career. And you come into a club and you're like, no sleeves. And it works. It might be one. fucking snowing, but there's when he no ran around, When he ran around in the snow... Is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, like a schoolboy, just like big smile on his face, running around in the snow. He's definitely oh. a shithead, that's for sure. It's going to be interesting to see how North approach that from, from here. Like easing that back in and whatever. I think it'll just be as simple as, hey, yeah, I'm back. Ready. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it, didn't they already say it's going to be within a month? Yeah, they did. That, yeah. that means they're easing him, right? That means that there's... No, I think it's just he wants that extra time off. He's, Ratton, I can't believe, he's playing just, I can't believe that North Melbourne has ruined Ratton's coaching record. Like, it was... Positive, his whole career. Not his whole career. Positive or equal. Like, it, it, it yeah. always buzzed around that line. And now he's just gone and coached seven straight losses. That's r- brutal. Yeah, but for the first three, they looked okay. They, they did look, yeah. And there was conversation. Remember those conversations? And now the time, they look like, worse. There was conversations like, oh, if Ratton's coaching like this, do they bring Clarkson back? And now, like, the last five weeks, we've witnessed is like, we bring Clarkson back, I think. Yeah, I think we I think we do that. I, mean, I think having both of them there is good because, like we said, Ratton is a good coach in general. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he's a really good people person and I think that plus Clarko is is a combo. I mean, they worked so well at Hawthorne together. It's crazy to think back now that they won the first two games of the year. Yeah. Um, Because they've now lost 14 in a row. Mm. Uh, They can't win They're somehow looking worse by the week. Like, on the weekend, I think that that game levelling out did not have much to do with them. There were some moments of genuine piss-takery, which I think they should have got a spray for. A couple of weeks ago, they had a loss that was similarly bad. Like, the other team just started absolutely trying to do silly stuff and, like, the game leveled out, but it's just because there was no point injuring yourself when you're that far in front. Um, they keep getting put away really fast. Like, it's quarter time or half time, mm. there's no way of being... The, the um, expected score calculator uh, had the quickest ever team can't win from here on the weekend with West Coast uh, when it was eight goals, one to zero. Uh, it was the quickest the clock's ever gone game declared for Brisbane. Yikes. Uh, so they're having a good year. Uh, that's and they, good. they only lost by as much as Richmond. So that's something, right? That's a, a good sign, maybe. Or Brisbane just kind of went, we've got Melbourne next week at the MCG where we can't win, and maybe we won't destroy West Coast as much as we absolutely can. We'll just chill out a little bit. Yeah, I think I think you're going to see a little bit more management. It's a 24-game season. Or 23 games, 23, 24 rounds. Yeah, I think you're going to see a few clubs. No, they're not going to fully rust line it. They're not going to drop yeah, well, seven players. Yeah, being subbed off on and, yeah. Yeah, 20 something, 28 disposals at three yeah. at a time. Um, and I, th- I think that starts as soon as this week. Um, yeah, as soon as play, teams are playing games that they've won at three-quarter time, like they're five or six goals up at three-quarter time, I think we'll definitely see players who are either in need of a rest or might just have a tight hamstring or calf just taken off the ground mm. uh, where they wouldn't be normally. Um, I had a tight hamstring yesterday. 
my calf still broken. I did not enjoy it. Um, I don't I, think I've ever felt pain there before. Oh, I did not like it. Yeah, da- my, my dad was complaining about tight hamstrings recently. I've never had that before. I was like, well, yeah. Beth looked at me. She's like, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> I don't think anyone can. <laughs> yeah. I could, I, could, I could bend down with my calf again today, so that's nice. That's good. Yeah. No more. No more, my, no my, more. I belong on the West Coast list with a torn calf, I tell you. <laughs> a 29-year-old with a torn calf right at home. Mm. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that's, that's definitely that's the, the end point because we're After talking like, about mild injuries that we have <laughs> from walking around the house um yeah we'll, we'll see you next week uh after there'll be actually be some eight defining games this weekend which are really interesting mm. uh melbourne brisbane is huge geelong essendon is huge carlton port is huge so i'm actually really interested to talk about those and a lot of good defenders playing in those games too so uh this has been the back pocket as always and we'll see you next week bye